Welcome to another episode of Where RA Now, a podcast dedicated to catching up with former RAs and hearing where their journey of life has taken them since their glory days at NYU. I'm tonight's co-host, and I serve as the Senior Associate Vice President of Student Affairs. My sidekick for tonight is... Dave Hollander. Ah, (laughs) You're back for a second night, or second episode. Tell us a little bit about your experience as an FFIR in relationship with RAs. Man, I'll tell you something. So I have a daughter who is 11, but when she came here, she was five. Um, so I've had the, the amazing privilege and benefit and, and beauty of, of, of my daughter growing up with 26 brother, big brothers and sisters. Uh, those are the RAs. And, you know, geez, I mean... I go back to Jenny Kwan, even before I was an SSIR, the great Jenny Kwan, um, who, who turned me on to, to what it means to be a faculty involved with residence life. Uh, she was my student at RA Founders. I ended up at Founders, people like Effie Karamadutri. When I first moved in, there was a summer PA named Rebecca Arthur, Reba, and she ended up becoming an RA. And basically, Reba was with me for all four years at some point uh, in her college career. She was a photography major. We went to her senior uh, thesis show. And after she graduated, I gave her her first solo show in the lobby of the SPS building. Based on that show, wrote a recommendation for her, and now she's a Fulbright scholar. And that's just one story. You know, Maddie Perlmutter. I mean, these people have meant so much to me. I, I, I could name drop forever. Well, they're amazing RAs, and I agree. Having lived in Founders, I know all five of them, and I would agree, spectacular RAs. And, and there's a lot of other ones, too. And not that you didn't name them doesn't mean that you've forgotten them. It's just that we only have 40 minutes for the show tonight. So they're all in our hearts, Dave. They are. They are, and they're on little Polaroids on my refrigerator. Love it, love it, love it. So we have an action pack tonight. Um, Our first FFIR is... This time it's my pleasure to bring on two people who can only be described as FFIR legends. Jim and Joan Calder from... Well, I'd like you to introduce yourself. Tell us where you do your FFIRing and and any other things that you do in our kind of universe of, of higher education. Well, we do our FFIRing at Alumni Hall and 7th Street. I teach at the Graduate Acting at Tisch School of the Arts. I teach acting to a whole bunch of people. And we just do a ton of different programs, a big variety. It's actually called the 7A Partnership, the uh, two residence halls that we do programs in. That, is that something, is that a name you guys gave it or... No, that's the name that uh, NYU has given it because uh, there isn't actually an FFIR on 7th Street, so we sort of take care of both residence halls. It's the bridge project. We, we try to go over there a lot because it's this old East Village place with no air conditioning and no elevators. <laughs> They're in need of programming. The real New York experience. You guys are the dynamic duo, and what you do in two different halls uh, and have been doing for some time what would you wish that every NYU professor, every every professor Joan knew about the experience of being an FFIR? Ooh, um, I think the most the most amazing thing for me is how engaging and engaged all of those students are. 
I mean, honestly, I, it, it's an entire education for me because they come in and they're everything from economics to biochemistry to environment, uh, everything, pre-med. And so we have the most engaging conversations. And I sort of wish that uh, every instructor, every professor could actually hear how intelligent and engaged they all are in, in a variety of fields. I know that when you're facing 30 to 50 to 100 people in a lecture hall, you, you have to give them information and make it snappy. But uh, as soon as you sort of get past their initial sort of trepidation, uh, they open up and it's just phenomenal how much they know and how engaged they are, socially, politically, everything. And also how hard they work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They work so hard. <laughs> You know, alumni is such a unique residence hall compared to any other because it's all single rooms. Um, and you've really had a chance to invite people into your room, your apartment. I've gone a couple of times and and tasted the great cuisine. Um, I'd like to ask a little bit about your interactions with the RAs. What has been one of the more rewarding interaction program conversations that you've had with an RA or RAs? And this is a chance for you to also shout out some of those RAs. I think uh, one of the most interesting and fun and I felt sort of meaningful things was we did a voter registration program, just a tabling, a very simple tabling event where we could look up uh, the registration for every state in the country, print out the form, have them sit down and sign it as they had a cappuccino in, in in our tiny, tiny lobby of alumni. And uh, they would fill it out and we would put a stamp on it and uh, in some cases teach them how to actually address an envelope. Uh, It wasn't an email. And uh, I'd run outside and mail it in a little mailbox right outside alumni. And it just felt like we were actually doing something politically, socially. Kate has always been terribly involved, Simran, Sophia. And one of the fun things about that is I had to teach them how to be a little bit bolder you know, because people rush out of the elevator and they go right through the turnstile right out, right outside. So you have to kind of go, you know, yoo-hoo, come on over here. So we practiced and I had them throw toilet paper rolls at me as I walked out the elevator pretending to be a guy in a hurry. I mean, I didn't actually have them do that, but it was fun to get them to actually be more engaged in how playfully you can engage students and, and get their attention and Get them to realize you're just asking for their opinion and asking them to be involved. Kind of assertiveness training. Yeah. We do a lot of that. Yeah, we do a lot of that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's I I love that program. I've I've heard you talk about it before, and I think it's just the perfect combination of of what we're trying to do, uh, which is engage them one on one, engage them in an activity in the external world, raise consciousness about um, um, you know doing something analog, not digital. You know, an actual action taken. I just think that program is phenomenal. What has this experience of being an FFIR taught you about yourselves that you just you just didn't see coming? I think the phenomenal thing about about NYU is there are so many specialists there, the professors, the teachers, uh, amazing, amazing people. But the trick is to get outside your specialty (laughs) because then you're just a normal Joe, you're hanging out. And I think it was so amazing for me to learn how to just actually go, listen, I got to talk to everybody I see in this hall, 550 students. And I found that the more I opened up, the more they opened up, the more they opened up, the more I opened up. So I, 
I just think that it was this huge human lesson in contacting people and uh, mm-hmm. and letting them know that you're interested in them. They'd come in the elevator with earphones on, and I'd still go, hey, what's up? How'd, you, how'd your last test do? They'd be very happy to take their earphones out and actually engage in a conversation. I think for me, it was just how, what a pleasure it is to build such a community and to come into a building and have people be so happy to see you. And we always stop by the resource center and the RAs that are working there. We always chat and the guards that are there that, you know, they, we just got to know everybody so well. And it's, it's, I didn't realize that I would enjoy that so much. Yeah. Richard, the, the security guy at the desk, and he's been there since the building was built. And we developed this game because he, you know, he's keeping everyone safe. So I would try to sneak out of the building every single time I went down the stairway. <laughs> Keep him honest. He pretends that he likes me much better than Jim. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, you know, both of you have very different uh, interests, though, through the arts. Um, though you've also brought in a lot of different other elements. You talked about the voter registration. But, you know, two aspects. You, you, you've looked at, uh, you know, food. Uh, you, you've brought people in by cooking together. And then you've also used your own interests, community service, uh, and also uh, Jim bringing students to some plays where some of your your own students outside the residence halls, those in your classroom, have actually are now performing on Broadway. Maybe you could talk a little bit for each of you to talk about the interest of the community service and then also the performance aspect. All right. Well, one of my favorite programs, I was working with some students in Chinatown, uh, some high school students, and um, we had a great group of students that got involved working as mentors. And uh, that mentorship program was, I think, one of the, the best programs that, that I was involved in. And it was really rewarding. And it just, uh, I don't know, I really love getting the students, the NYU students involved in, you know, other communities that live in the Lower East Side and the East Village. And that was great. It was fun. And they loved it. Yeah, it was quite wonderful. The, the high school students were in the basement eating pizza with the NYU students. And you know, they were filling out forms for SAT tests and they were getting help from the mentors. Uh, it was just this marvelous, marvelous program. I mean, as for me, I, I know a lot of actors. It was actually rather fun to get these students to go backstage. And uh, we went to the color purple twice and it was just phenomenal. I mean, because that, that cast was the most socially engaged cast I've ever seen. They totally worked with the police athletic league. And when they came out on stage, every single member of that cast came out on stage and, and talked to our students. And I was blessed to be there. And I had brought a group of students, first-generation college students that evening as well. So um, very thankful for, for your work and invitation for that. Sure. I think Rich came to one. You came to one. It was just, it, it, it's great to get other FFIRs uh, involved because it's such a, a wonderful bunch of, of instructors, professors. Uh, it's a pleasure. Yeah, and I want to say, Jim and Joan, you guys are—you two are particularly good at that. You've—you've you've, uh, uh, reached out to me in, in so many different ways, from uh, Joan recommending a, a Flannery O'Connor short story and Jim things we've done, and uh, you often include so many of us in the things you do. And and you know, personally, I've had the benefit of uh, uh, you know Joan recommending the uh, short story by Flannery O'Connor and Jim things we've you know tried to cook up together, and it's just 
it's such a benefit having you uh, in my orbit, and I know how much you do for students and everybody in this community. Thank you, Dave. Well, it's, it's really been fun. I mean, it's it's one of the great things about the university is it, it does seem to be kind of siloed here and there, but as soon as you reach out, people are terribly open. Absolutely. Jim and Joan, thank you so much for taking a little bit of time uh, to be with us, and uh, we hope that you stay safe, and we look forward to seeing you in the very near future. You too. Thank you, both. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, we've got Daniel Spector, FFIR. Um, Well, I'll let him tell you. Daniel, tell us what building you're an FFIR in, and uh, just give us a little one line or two about the the rest of your life at NYU. Which is to say all of my life. Um, (laughs) I live and work as an FFIR at Lafayette Hall. And I am a faculty member at the Tisch School of the Arts, where I teach in the drama and dramatic writing programs, mainly in drama. And I run one of the studios called the Classical Studio, teaching classes on acting and Shakespeare. Like, you've created a real community at Lafayette, not only with the RAs, not only with the students, but with the other FFIRs, there's three of you. Mm. What do you wish every other NYU professor knew about the experience of being an FFIR? It's the opportunity to get a 360-degree experience of, um, of students in general, but also my own students. I mean, I, I, one of my first sort of memorable FFIR experiences was a fire drill where I come out of my apartment <laughs> half naked <laughs> and uh, next door to me, unbeknownst to me, was a new student in my class who comes out of her apartment half naked. And we <clears throat> walk down the stairs together um, and talk about life in ways that I think would never have happened in class. But I think mainly I wish every faculty member I know had the opportunity to get a fuller experience of their students. I'd like to think I've always been a pretty open-minded professor, but like any professor, someone shows up late to class, tired, dozes off, etc. In the past, I've sort of assumed a bad excuse for that behavior. But one one of the things you get to experience as an FFIR, because, you know, I rehearse shows from September to May, so I get home pretty late. Uh, And I'm often riding the elevators with students who are getting home pretty late. And more often than not, they're coming back from a day that began at 5 a.m. being a nanny, followed by a couple of classes followed by their evening job, working at the gym or something else or a restaurant, getting home at 11 p.m. to go start their homework before getting a couple hours of sleep and then starting it all over again the next day. And I, I, I wish every colleague of mine could have that experience of riding up on the elevator with sometimes five people in that position. So they just had... Um, a fuller sense of who's before them in class on any given day. That's such a really great way to kind of capture the life of the student. There's another group of students that you spend some time with. That's the RAs. And this podcast is really dedicated to knowing a little bit about RAs. 
Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your experience of engaging with RAs through a program, through conversation, uh, and maybe give some shout outs to some of those RAs that you've really gotten to know and uh, kind of a, hear their journey of life? So I got to give a shout out to my first collateral, Dan McCauley, who, you know, it's an intimidating experience moving into the dorm and suddenly having these responsibilities as exciting as it is it's actually very intimidating and i i've been teaching for uh, 15 or so years by the time i moved in and dan was like my dad at the dorm he shepherded me through this process he gave me the lowdown on how loft worked and how um how sort of student life at the dorm works how to market programs, and kind of how to talk to students better outside of the classroom. He was so down to earth. He's such a sort of teacher at heart. And I always carry a special place in my FFIR heart for, uh, <laughs> uh, for Dan McCauley. Um, but uh, more recently, I think one of the more memorable experiences I've had with an RA was um, I actually stole one of Dave's programs. Um, yeah, and, uh, and reconfigured it. Dave does advice down in the lobby, I think, right, Dave? That's it. You got um, it. You've, you've stolen it accurately. I've stolen it. I, well, I did it uh, not in the lobby, but I did it in my apartment and um, my way, which is with cake, and uh, did a program <laughs> called Advice and Cake, and had a recent FFIR uh, uh, RA show up to the program and came out to me. It ended up being, in a funny way, like mutually therapeutic, because just as I was sort of doling out advice that I found that I'd never actually given someone before, I was sort of thinking about my own experience with this, which I, which was years ago when I, you know, first came out, but never quite lived my life first and foremost as a gay man and it's just not a it's not been a major part of my identity and i think in talking to this young woman um i grappled with things that i hadn't grappled with and uh it was i could tell many more stories uh about sort of deep conversations with ras but that's that's definitely um one of the more profound experiences i've had Tom, that is amazing. You know, you've seen the advice booth I set up in the lobby. And, and Daniel, it's, I mean, I've, I have heard some just really generous, profound sharings. Yeah. And yeah, I've been similarly affected. Like it's, it just shows you the, the, the power of the, the role and the one-on-one the -on -one sharing between student and, and what you, you know, the fact that they're, they're willing to do that with you is yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's it's really lovely, and, and thank you for the idea. The, um, it was uh, Dr. Ruth originally. <laughs> Maybe you've answered it. One thing, perhaps, that has surprised you about yourself um, that you didn't see coming in this R in this FFIR role. This this might be a really banal response to that question, but I used to be very averse to small talk. Um, and uh, it's just the way my mind at least had hitherto worked where I wanted to get to the important stuff or just avoid the social encounter <laughs> altogether. Um, 
But um, one thing that this sort of role has opened up for me, because small talk is really at the core of it, at least in the sense of sort of lubricating a conversation to, to get to the more important stuff. And I've, I've found that um, as social as I'd like to think I am, uh, that it's really taken this position to help me um, enter conversations, whether it be seemingly harmless conversations or difficult conversations, um, much more fluidly and open-heartedly than I have before because, you know, some of the deepest conversations I've had with residents have been at brunches at the apartment where we're surrounded by 40 people and it seems like the best you can do is small talk and suddenly 20 minutes later, we're talking about the major questions of life over, mm. you know, eggs mm. and croissants. And um, so... It was it was the it was the part of of the role that I think I was most afraid of, which is you know can I can I have can I have elevator conversations <laughs> with people? It sounds like that probably sounds like a, a real social misfit, but um, you know what are we going to talk about? I can sit down at a dinner table and talk about anything, but it's been um, it, it's been the way, like I said, some of the most profound relationships I've had with students and RAs have started. Daniel Spector in, in praise of small talk. <laughs> Who knew? Daniel, it really captured the essence of, of what um, we're trying to create, right? A, a chance for someone who maybe not tapped to sit there and talk with them over a croissant or in the elevator um, or just uh, sitting on the bus. So yeah. thank you for what you do. We appreciate totally. your time. Thank and, you, guys. Um, you take care of yourself, Daniel. I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care, Daniel. Thanks. Bye, guys. Okay, so last ad is so big that we're going to do another third of the FFIR team there. Lynn Haney is on the phone. The most important third. Yeah, I wanted you to say that. <laughs> I now. love it. <laughs> I'm so glad you did that. Lynn, tell us uh, which building you're in FFIR and how long you've been doing it and your the, the, the rest of your official profile at NYU. Um, so I am a proud FFIR in Lafayette Hall. I've been there, I guess, three and a half years. I guess this counts as a half a year now um, since yeah. Yeah. Um, I was entering my fourth year. And what else? My profile at NYU, my goodness, I've been at NYU 22 years, which is totally terrifying. Wow. Um, since I'm only 40, I know, it's really crazy, right? I was hired <laughs> as an eight-year-old. Um, or no, I 12-year-old, sorry. <laughs> 18 year old. Okay, I can do math. Um, I'm a professor of sociology and yeah. I also run the Law and Society program um, for the university and am a faculty director in the dean's office these days. Wow. So, yeah. When do you like sleep? Like, what? Yeah, what not want? much. During pandemics, I sleep a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the way to get through a pandemic. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I live in Laugh with my son, Tristan, uh, who's uh, 13, about to be 14 soon, and our three pets, which play a huge part in our role at Laugh, our three pets. So we'll okay. talk about that soon. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We're going we're gonna to get to that. But I, I'll give you a first kind of big question. Um, yes. So you were, I, I think you were like FFIR of the year uh, one year. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, because you were, you can really answer this question well. What what do you 
want the rest of the NYU professoriate to know? What do you wish they all knew uh-huh. about what it's like to be an FFIR? So this is going to sound hilarious, but I would like them to know that students' laundry room etiquette is better than faculty laundry room etiquette. So I lived for many years in faculty housing and did my laundry with my colleagues. And inevitably, if you were 30 seconds late getting yourself out of the washing machine or out of the dryer, professors would just throw it on the floor or whatever and get their stuff in. Students, they have manners. <laughs> they And they don't even know it's my stuff. So it's not like a hierarchy thing, you know, like, oh, wait, that's the professor's stuff. We don't want to move that. Yeah. They respect each other. They let things remain until you take yourself out of the washer and dryer. And I think that says a whole lot about how students like exist in the world versus our colleagues and professors. <laughs> that says a lot. Doesn't it? Right? <laughs> I mean, and I wish I, I could tell you I'm surprised. Would, but really? Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> Um, wow, yeah, I guess the faculty housing Tom, maybe some FFIRs there. Right. I remember once, and I, I should probably be careful, but I remember once I was an assistant professor. I was untenured in faculty housing, and I I started acting like a professor. You know, I went in, and there was someone's stuff that was in there. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. So I started taking the stuff out of the washing machine, and I looked, and somebody was entering the laundry room, and it was my dean. And I was taking out at that moment <laughs> his socks and his underwear. And I thought, oh, my, I'm never going to get tenure. I'm finished. <laughs> so I've had a similar thing flip, like with students, when I walk in on students and they're taking out my stuff. Um, yeah, but it happens rarely. Students are very respectful to one another in a way that I never, I never knew and I never would have imagined until I lived with them. Yeah. Lynn, tell us a little bit about your rewarding interactions with RAs. Uh, you can throw out some names if you want to, or not. Just talk a little bit about the programs and conversations you've had with RAs. Yeah, so RAs really are the kind of um, the intimate connections that we have. You know, they're really up close and personal connections. You know, I made a, a lot of wonderful, um, meaningful, inter, you know, relationships with students over the years. Um, but, the, you know, the RAs are the ones that we see day in and day out. They hold up the building. They hold up our lives. We see them every Wednesday night when we're so tired and we, you know, we kind of crawl into our group meetings and they always lift up our spirits every week. I don't know if other buildings do this, but every, we begin our staff meetings or or, um, our building meetings with kudos, which we thank each other for different things. And, you know, these can go on for 20, 30 minutes where people are just thanking each other for the smallest gestures um, over the week, you know, getting me a candy bar or smiling at me in the elevator when I was tired. And those, those just sort of weekly reminders of how important we are to people, you know, each other's lives are just really uplifting and energizing, you know, so when you don't want to be there, you're tired, it's a Wednesday night, you just, every, every, literally every evening you feel like you're part of this community and you're appreciated. And then over the years, I've gotten to know many RAs really well. Um, And every year I sort of pick usually one or two RAs that I ask to be sort of part of my pets lives. So I pay them really well um, to, you know, once or twice a week to check in on the pets and to kind of um, form a relationship with our pets. We have a dog and two cats. And 
that has actually been the kind of gateway to a really intense connection that we've had. We've 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 developed with different RAs over the years. And so this year it was Gracie, last year it was Emily. I mean, and our pets like learned to look at these RAs really as like their owners. I mean, when I'm walking in the hall this past year and Bela, my dog, sees Gracie, he goes, he goes just bananas and he knows he sees her from like across the entire hall and he just goes bounding towards her. RAs in that sense have really become part of our our home and our family. And as you know, cliche as that can sound, it really is. Um, so we, the pets are kind of the entree for a, a couple RAs every year to become come really close to us. And you know, I just got an I just got an email from or a text from Gracie recently saying she's probably one of the things she's going to miss most about. Um, you know, not returning to the hall after all this 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 dislocation is really not being able to say goodbye to Bela and, and our cats, which um, not me, but Bela. <laughs> so, um, and you know, I think it's yeah, it's 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 good for both, both for us and for the RAs. You know, you you live this kind of uh, 360 degree life, uh, being an FFIR. You have these intimate relationships, these all these students um, programs. What has being an FFIR taught you and about yourself that you didn't know before you did it? Yeah, well, you'd have to talk to my therapist about that. <laughs> there are lots of things she can tell you that I've told her over the years. Um, so um, I think in, the, in, a, in a sort of simple sense, I think being an FFIR has taught me how little I actually know about New York City. You know, I, I went into this thinking, oh, I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to teach students about New York City and I'm going to teach residents. And and I don't have a clue. Um, I think that has been really very enlightening for me. Um, there are areas of the city that I never knew about that I've enjoyed over these three and a half years exploring with students, hearing their perspectives. So I think that's a kind of simple thing that I've learned about myself is how after 22 years, how much I thought I knew about New York City and how much, how little I actually knew and how I think that's true of a lot of us New Yorkers that we end up frequenting the same places over and over again. Um, and being an FFIR sort of jolted me out of that comfort zone and had had me going to places that I otherwise would never go, areas of Brooklyn, um, you know, Greenwood Cemetery, doing tours that I would never, even even like touristy things that I never did as a New Yorker, I started to do with residents. So sort of saw my city differently through the perspective of residents. And then I also think in a kind of more um, personal way, you know, I... I I'm a sociologist, so I always thought I was I was very social, um, or I or let's put it this way, I, I liked to analyze social environments. I'm not sure I, I understood that I was actually social and that I really needed and I thrived on social connection and social interaction. And I've learned that in the last three and a half years of how much I need that and how much I miss that when I don't have it. Um, mm. And so coming home to laugh is. Um, is so enjoyable when I, you know, being in the elevator, like I actually enjoy talking to students and I enjoy having, having brunches and I enjoy seeing them and I enjoy when they stop by. Um, it, it actually invigorates me. And, you know, again, I, I always knew that I like to observe social, sociality and social interactions, but I think being, living in a truly deeply social content, you know, um, situation has made me really appreciate that and learn that about myself that I really need that. Well, thank you for sharing your social skills with us and your laughter and smile. I mean, I think it's really infectious and it's needed. A smile is needed in New York City, especially in your home. So thank you for spending some time with Dave and I, and we hope that you continue to take care of yourself. Thank you, Bo. Thank you for doing this.
and um, shout out to all the loft residents. There Hope we go. You're yeah. well. Hope you're well. <laughs> thanks, Take Lynn. care. Okay, you bye. too. Bye-bye. Bye, Lynn. Dave, uh, thanks so much for spending some time with me tonight and talking with our FFIR colleagues. It's, I, I tell you, it really is a pleasure for me, Tom. I, I, I just love hearing my fellow FIRs talk about how they do it and uh, they care so much. And you learn so much every time we hear them. You, you do. I mean, I, and that's, that's one of my favorite things about being in the FFIR community is what we learn from each other. All these different disciplines, all these different folks. Uh, it's it's a remarkable thing that is put together at NYU uh, in our residence life community. I agree. One of the things I'm most proud about in my time at NYU. So, well, thanks again. And I also want to give a shout out to our listeners who can stay connected with RA alums and now the FFIR community who contribute greatly to the NYU community. Special thanks to my engineer, Jennifer Sanchez, and our executive producer, Shahara Ranasang. If you liked tonight's episode, look for more content on the NYU RA alumni website. Until next time, remember to thank all the healthcare workers who are doing everything they can possibly do to make this a better place. Have a good night.